Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy, and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson for this morning comes from the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 11. St. Paul writes, For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. For with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure." And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Eratos was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was led down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man I will boast, 
but on my own behalf I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. And when a great crowd was gathered, and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path, and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Our text today comes from the gospel lesson just read, especially these words. A sower went out to sow his seed. Thus far our text. Dear friends in Christ, Oh, what a beautiful morning, huh? Following a good old Nebraska spring snowstorm. Rain, ice, snow, blowing, and now a beautiful, cold, sunny morning with lots of snow to move off the roads and the sidewalks with a nice icy sheet underneath them. It's hard to believe, as we look out the window this morning, that it is almost springtime. In a month or so, what sort of weather will we be having? Will we still have snow and cold? Well, maybe, but chances are good 
that it'll be warming up. We might even see green grass, blue skies, and the like. Soon, yes, very soon, it will be warming up. And what does that mean? Well, if your family is like mine, it means planting time. Time to get the garden tilled and in the ground. The same is true for farmers. They need to start planting their acres of corn and beans and wheat. And in the front yard, it's time to get the flowers in the front yard, to put them in the ground so that they might show off God's beautiful splendor later on in the summer. Spring is on the way. As angry as you might be at the groundhog this morning, the truth is it will truly soon be spring. What a great blessing, then, that we have this morning's gospel lesson. A gospel lesson that is familiar to us about the parable of the sower, where a man goes out and plants his seed. This parable can't help but remind us of what Nebraska farmers will soon be doing, and maybe what we will be doing in our own yards as well. Putting seeds into the ground. The farmers do this using big tractors and machines with planters pulled behind them, planting acres and acres a day. And yet there is something odd when we compare what farmers are soon to do with the sower in this morning's text. You see, in our parable this morning, the sower does not just throw his seed into the good soil of a field like the farmers do. In this morning's parable, the sower also sows his seed in funny places. He plants seed on the road. He plants seed on the rocky places. And in ancient Israel, a rocky place meant a large swath of bare rock. The, the sower plants his seed in the weedy places that traditionally never grows any crops. The sower in this morning's parable plants his seed everywhere, even in the places that seem like they don't deserve a second thought about planting. That's a bit weird and odd, isn't it? If you were the farmer, would you waste the places where you planted your seed? I mean, those bags of seed are very expensive. Would you plant your seed in places that you knew probably would never grow? Of course not. You've never even seen a planter driving down a country road planting seed in the gravel, have you? At least not on purpose. And you've never seen a farmer planting on Interstate 80. It would be a waste of seed to plant in those places, wouldn't it? And you've never seen a farmer planting seed in a shelter belt or in an always flooded river bottom or in the swampy, weedy section of the field. You never see farmers planting anywhere where they do not have a reasonable expectation of a good return on their investment. Farmers plant seed where it will grow. And that's where Jesus is different as he shows us in this parable this morning. Jesus is different when he sows his word. He plants it everywhere. Jesus sends his word out even into places where it won't take root. 
Jesus sends his word out even into places where it might be plucked away or choked out. Jesus sends his word out to all the world, east, west, north, south, and everywhere in between. And believe it or not, that's good news for you, isn't it? I mean, the truth is, you are not the perfect, wonderful, tillable soil that you might have thought you were when you heard this parable a few moments ago. In fact, the opposite is true. You, just like me, are sinful. You've broken God's word. You've gone against God's command. Your rocky soil, compact soil, thorny soil. You gossip, you steal if you think you won't get caught. You destroy property, you put others down. You hurt your neighbor and ignore the wanted need. You may even have people that you hate in this world. If you doubt that you hate someone, think of all the famous politicians. Do you love all of them, or are there some who you despise? You lust after those to whom you are not bound in marriage. You do terrible things in the darkness of your own home, where you won't get caught. You curse, you swear, you lie. You are sinful. All of us are sinful. All of us have broken God's command. And so in that regard, you are like rocky soil. In that regard, you may be choked out by the weeds and sinful desires of this world. In that regard, you might have no root if left to your own devices. If you are left on your own, the truth is you have very little hope at all. That's the reality of our sinful natures. That's the challenge that all of us face day in and day out. There is not one of us who is without guilt, not one of us who is without shame, not one of us who is holy in ourselves. All have sinned. All have fallen short. But God, well, God so loved you that he deigned to give his holy precious word to you and for you. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who was himself the word made flesh, to suffer and to die to forgive your sin. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for the guilt for all those things that we listed before and more that you have done against God's word. God sent Christ to shed his blood, to suffer, all to forgive you so that you might no longer be ashamed before God. God sent Jesus to the cross for you and for your forgiveness. The very Son of God came down to earth, died on the cross, laid in the tomb, and rose again. This is all for you. Jesus 
is the Word made flesh, and the Word came. And what's more, God gives his Word to you here and now, a Word that testifies about Jesus and brings him into your ears and lives and here in Lincoln. He brings the Word right to your ear in sermons and scripture readings. He brings the word to your ears by pastors who are themselves sinful. He brings the word to your ears through the beautiful scriptural hymns that teach the truth of God's word. God brings his word to your ear, combined with water, to wash away all your sins and adopt you into God's holy family in baptism. God brings his word to your ear with bread and wine, which become the true body and blood of Jesus Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. God brings his word to your ear so that you might live. It's just like our parable says, a sower went out to sow his seed. In the same way, God has preached his word. He preaches it high and low. He preaches it left and right, up and down. He preaches it everywhere, no matter what. There's not a place that you can hide where God will not give his word to you. And what's more, Jesus does not only send out the word to create and sustain faith in him. He's also the farmer who digs up the rocks that have floated to the surface so that a good crop might grow in you. Jesus fends off the birds that are seeking to snatch away the word from you personally. He shoes them away and keeps you safe and in his care. Jesus looses the compacted soil of roads and byways, your own scarred conscience, so that it might be soft and receive the word with joy and peace and hope. Who's the one who does all that is necessary to save you? It's Jesus. He preaches the word. He digs out the sin. He cleans up the conscience. He does all that is necessary to save you without any merit or worthiness in yourself. And Jesus does all of this by the power of his holy, precious word. Dear Christians, on this snowy, cold morning. Don't ask yourself what type of soil you are, as if you could change yourself and make God more happy. But instead, listen to this fact. Christ loved you so much that he bled and died for you. Christ loved you so much that he sent his word to you to create and sustain faith. Christ loved you so much that he built faith within your heart, faith that trusts in his mercy, grace, and peace, faith that will lead you into eternal life. Focus on Christ, who loves you so much to save you from sin. Spring will soon be here. Sowers will go out to sow and plant just as happened in our parable this morning. And as you witness that in a few weeks, remember that in the same way they go out, Christ goes out with his word to create sinners who are saints, to forgive guilt and shame, to grant grace, mercy, and peace 
to you and to me. In the name of Jesus, amen.